You're listening to a sermon from Pasco Vale Church of Christ. To hear more of our teaching or to find out about the church, please visit our website, pvcc.org.au. Good morning. It's great to be back to share God's Word with you. Let's um, commit this time to God as we seek His guidance. I just uh, want to just pray as we start. Our Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for gathering us in your presence, and we pray that you will help us to proclaim Jesus more nearly, more dearly, and more clearly in our lives. Pray that, Lord, your Spirit will speak to us this morning and help us to obey your words and that we may continue to bring the good news to our friends, our families, and to our community. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to take you back in time to the early 70s. Growing up in Malaysia, I remember uh, we don't have any computer games in those days or Netflix. So to keep us occupied, we used to listen to what is called the top of the pops. The radios would blare the latest and the greatest pop songs. And this trio is, was at the top. And do you remember this famous pop band? Of course you do, <laughs> if you're Australian. <laughs> they are the Bee Gees. And the band was uh, probably the most famous after the Beatles. And uh, of course, uh, they were the heart throb of their time. Everywhere they went, and those of us who are of that era remembers this, uh, many of the teenagers would go into a frenzy. And one of the famous and iconic songs you remember is called Words. Words, written by the Gibbs brothers, BG, uh, Barry, Robin, and Morris. <laughs> and this famous song uh, called Words has the chorus which sounds like this. It is only words. And words are all I have to take your heart away. It's something about this song which resonates with us. It's only words, but words are all I have to take your heart away. And we can appreciate this beautiful song if you are like me with a lot more grey hairs. Um, perhaps uh, it's still popular today, so don't get me wrong, and people still love this song. And this morning, words are so important. So, happy Mother's Day. It's so appropriate, isn't it, that we have the right words uh, to say to our mums and our grandmothers, and we honour and give thanks to them. The words, I love you, mum. I appreciate you. Thank you for all you've done. Goes a long way, doesn't it? And whether we say it to our mums face to face, or we send a text, or we send a video, or we give them a call, our words are so important to express what we feel inside our hearts. And our words, we remind ourselves, are very, very powerful. Uh, people around us could be lifted up, they are blessed, encouraged, refreshed, comforted, inspired, or on the other hand, 
Our words can also hurt. They can also shame, mock, ridicule, curse, or even destroy. So coming to our message this morning, our series of Proclaiming Jesus. The same theme, our speech or our words are so important. This is the fourth part of our series of Proclaiming Jesus. And the previous weeks we've covered uh, our message, prayer, our conduct, and today we'll, do, we'll look at our speech. I have three points to share this morning. Our speech, it's delivery, it's importance, and it's necessity. In our witness, our speech, our words, is a vital part of bringing the gospel to the world. The gospel writers tell us that Jesus, during his ministry on earth, went throughout all the cities and villages. You could read it, that's fine. He went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction. This is a reminder for us that proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom is an important part of Jesus' ministry. Not just performing miracles of healing, uh, teaching and proclaiming the good news occupies a very large proportion of Jesus' ministry. So when we speak to someone about Jesus, how should we speak? And we have this from Colossians chapter 4, as we have just read uh, by um, our sister Celia. Um, how should we speak? Paul says in verse 3, Pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the world to, to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison that I may speak, I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. So Paul asks for prayer, for an open door to bring the message of God, as he declares it from prison. The word to declare, to declare, is to speak. And Paul gives us three ways we are to deliver our speech. The first is, our delivery must be clear that I may speak it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Making clear has to do with our message. It is not relying upon human wisdom. And Paul makes it clear from Corinthians. He says from Corinthians, my speech and my message are not, were not implausible words of wisdom. Uh, wisdom meaning the human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Our clear presentations is not just words that come from the wisdom of men. And we have, of course, many, many eloquent speakers in the world today who can sway and move crowds and are very, very clever uh, and eloquent with their words. But 
this is not how we should speak. We should speak with the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. It is clear that speaking comes from trusting in the wisdom of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Just not mere words of men. We need to pray for the power of this Holy Spirit that we can make it clear to our listeners. And of course, sometimes, you know, uh, it does sound to our unbelieving friends quite foolish because Paul tells us that the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are folly to him. And it is not an easy message that we bring. That's why Paul says this is the mystery of God. There is a mystery about it. When we proclaim the gospel, some people will oppose and reject the message because they will not understand our message and some will demand proof and some will think that, hey, look, if I were to believe in the gospel, I need to leave my thinking behind and go forth in blind faith. And to them, it sounds incredible, almost impossible and very irrational. And they could even laugh when we talk about the events of the resurrection or the virgin birth. And to them, they would say, oh, what a ridiculous idea. And they will even mock at the coming idea of God coming to earth as a person of Jesus to die for us. Well, then we have to admit, as we bring the gospel, that we don't have all the answers. Although we cannot answer all the questions of life, but our faith in Jesus, the indwelling Holy Spirit, the guidance that we have from the scriptures, gives us great confidence. We don't need to have all the answers because God has all the answers. And we trust Him to have the answers that we need at the right time. So one of the ways that we can speak clearly to others is to share our story or to share our testimony. Just to tell others how Jesus has transformed your life. Tell them about your journey of faith and encourage them to seek and follow Jesus. Do you know, this very often uh, brings them closer to God because they see that God is working in our lives. They can identify with the same trials and difficulties and anxieties that we go through, but they can see the difference. That in the midst of it, it becomes clear to them that our trust in God gives us the confidence, the courage, the hope, and the inner peace to face them. And they don't have that. There is a recent research, five years ago, done by this um, person called McCrindle um, on faith and belief in Australia. The question was asked, what are the top attractors to religion and spirituality? So notice it's religion and spirituality, and not Christianity. 
because many people have been turned off by the word Christians. So the, the survey came out with the result that 16% are attracted by seeing people who live out a genuine faith. 13% those who are attracted by those who are facing a personal trauma or life event. And 12% from stories and testimonies from people who have changed due to their faith. So when we go out and we bring the message clear to the world, we need to make sure that we are authentic and honest and there is always great gain to be, have, to be had because of that. So let us continue to share our testimony with others. The second point about our delivery is that we need to have gracious speech. It says, let your speech always be gracious. So I would say, let your speech be considerate. What do we mean when we speak graciously or with consideration? Well, I think it means that our speech must be kind. It must be gentle, helpful, encouraging, considering the viewpoint of the others when we talk to them. And we should not look down upon them, think that we have got a higher attitude. We know more than them, and we make quick and ready judgments. Uh, so we need to treat them with dignity and respect, um, not looking down on them. And perhaps we need to recognize that they have come from a different background, a different culture, a different set of religion, or a different set of social upbringing that we have. So it's important for us when we speak, we need to listen and to understand not making hasty judgments. So exercising patience and not talking down. Um, the Word of God tells us from Proverbs um, chapter 16, says that gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the soul. Gracious words are sweet to the soul and brings health to the body. How important for us to remember. And one of the um, ways that we do it in uh, cross culture in, in my church, um, some of you know, uh, are familiar with it, and uh, is this ministry called the English Corner Ministry. Here's a picture of it. And in this ministry, we have conversational classes and we sort of extend this free class to our overseas visitors and students. So in this class, we have Muslims, we have Buddhists, we have uh, Hindus, uh, people with no beliefs uh, who come to our class just to learn English. And this is where we engage them and we also teach them some Bible stories. And it helps us, I think, to speak with consideration and speaking with grace, gracefulness to them. And each week, as we discuss a Bible passage, we are challenged by the different viewpoints uh, and opinions about God. And some of them really have some valid and thoughtful questions. So in this um, ministry, we learn how to have patience, to listen, 
not to be pushy about our religion. We don't condemn, but we are genuinely and honestly interested to discuss their views and our values as well, because we have to tell them what God has done for us through Jesus. And we tell them that there is a loving God, and He loves them, and He has a plan and purpose for them. So when we pray, we continue uh, to, um, to pray that this ministry will have um, the opportunity to speak with graciousness, with consideration to everyone who is willing to listen. Thirdly, uh, Paul tells us that our speech needs to be seasoned with salt. He says, let your speech be gracious, seasoned with salt, to have salty speech. What does it mean? Um, salty speech. Salt, as we have seen previously, um, acts as a preservative. But it's also traded for money. Uh, so it has got some monetary value. Uh, and it can be used as a bargaining item. It carries a lot of weight. So our speech needs to be one that has a lasting effect and a speech that is weighty. I call this compelling speech. It compels our hearers to make a decision. We cannot just hear the gospel and let them sit on the fence. In Jesus' teaching and preaching, we find just that. His audience is always asked the question. They have always have to make a choice and decide. They have to decide what choices they have to make. The choice is whether to obey and follow Jesus or to go their way. Just like the rich ruler who was disappointed when we were asked to give his wealth to follow Jesus. And he left it all behind because he wanted to go his own way. So the choice is whether one wants to continue in one's sin or to change or come to the cross for forgiveness, cleansing and a new life. So our speech compels us. Our speech must be one that compels us when we go out, compels somebody to make a decision. It is not easy and it takes time. In his book um, entitled How to Talk About Jesus Without Being That Guy, the um, Bible Forum um, uh, speaker, uh, Sam Chan, quite a well-known, he's Australian, he lives in Sydney, he uses this illustration. He calls, it, he calls it the coffee, dinner, and gospel. So it is like um, a concentric circle. Um, so when you meet someone, uh, you really start to focus on the first layer, which is called the coffee layer. So, um, so when you make friends, you really need to have this in mind. The first thing that you need to, to um, have is talk about common interests, things like the weather, things like hobbies, things like vacation, things like, oh, food, uh, you know. Uh, what you did on the weekend, uh, what you're watching on TV. Uh, so this, this layer helps us to start making the common engagement and connection. Um, and these are really uh, 
non-controversial. These are very just factual uh, statements, you know. Um, it's very easy to verify as well. Uh, for example, if I uh, don't, uh, I, you see, when you say, oh, you know, the, the weather is great uh, today, nobody could disagree with you because all you need to do is go out and say, hey, the sun is shining. <laughs> it's great. So um, that's the first layer. These are safe and civil conversations. The next level is what we call the dinner. Uh, so we go to the next level. This is where we have more serious conversations. And these are conversations about values. Values. Uh, and we start talking about, hey, what are the challenges you have at work? Uh, how do you keep your life at work in balance? What are the ways of bringing up, good ways of bringing up your kids? How do you talk to your teenage daughter or son? So these are what we call values. Um, and uh, statements here always tend to have a different opinion. So you can start taking sides. So somebody will feel one way about this and somebody will feel um, another way. So you need to take a side. And we have to freely express our ideas and our opinions. So here is an opportunity for us to bring forward the Christian ideals, the Christian values in our conversation. Of course, there is a third level, which is called the gospel level. This is where you start engaging them on a world view, the world view level. And here you've got to ask deep, thoughtful, and compelling questions. What are these? These are the questions. What defines you as a person? Are you a person of faith? Where do you find meaning and purpose in life? What happens after death? Now you see that the conversation now is starting to go much, much deeper into the heart. And people who are faced with such a, such a question will only open themselves when they know you as a true friend. These are questions that defines our identity. These are questions that defines our purpose. These are questions that define our beliefs and our destiny. So always as we start into this um, list of uh, understanding a person through our conversation, as we speak to them, um, we need to start also to be prepared to give an answer. It's easy to ask questions, isn't it? But then you need to have the answer. In uh, 1 Peter 3, um, Peter tells us, always, always be prepared to give an answer to, um, to the reason of the hope you have. So, when we um, speak about this, um, we then always uh, ask questions, but also we will have the answer. So, to sum up, we pray that God will help us in the delivery of the gospel, that our 
speech will be clear, will be considerate, and be compelling. Moving on, let's look at the importance of our speech. Our speech is important because it reflects the belief in our heart. Uh, as you see, Romans uh, chapter 10, verse 9, which is the, the verse before what we've read, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In other words, when the word of God brings a sinner to Christ, it is inevitable that they would want to speak and express what they feel and experience in their hearts. And the way that it works is laid out in the four questions in Romans chapter 10. The four how questions. The four how questions are how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear from someone without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And verse 15, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Let me break it down like this for you. We are sent forth as a speaker. We are sent out to preach, to speak the word of God. So there is the sending, there is this preaching. From the side of the person who hears the word, there is also the hearing. There's also the believing, and there's also the calling out in confession. So the, the speaker or the unbeliever hears the word, and as the Holy Spirit works in the heart of this person, this seeker, he believes and he expresses his faith in Christ through his words. And the unbeliever or the a convert calls out to God for salvation. This is the evidence of the born-again believer. And these are the steps that Paul explains from this uh, passage from Romans 10. So we have to go and bring the good news uh, to the unbelieving and allow the Holy Spirit to start opening their hearts that, and they hear it, they will have belief, and when they believe, they will call upon the Lord to, to save them. But some of you may say, hey, what about those in persecuted countries where they can't speak? It would be difficult, isn't it? If uh, you were to speak the word uh, publicly, you would be put in prison or you could be killed. Um, but really, when you think about it, uh, God understands some of these circumstances because God looks not at the words we say, but it looks, he looks deep in our hearts uh, that expresses the words. So as we have the opportunity, we should confess um, uh, God because um, there are circum certain circumstances we can't, but God is a God who is all-knowing and he understands and he looks deep into our hearts. Some of you may say, hey, what, what about those that... Uh, say something and uh, really uh, don't believe at all. We call that the false confession. 
Of course, there are people, as we know, and the Bible tells us, there's a danger of making false confessions. And we know this because uh, Jesus says, these people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Proverbs 10 says, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. So we have to be beware that we, people can make a confession and not mean it. But of course, God, as we say, um, God looks into our hearts and he knows what is in it. So therefore, the confession that saves is a confession that comes from a true and sincere and repentant heart. Let's uh, go on and look at our necessity. The last um, point I have before we watch a video. Uh, why is it necessary for our speech? There are four aspects, as you mentioned. Uh, speech is one of them. The others are the message, prayer, our conduct. I just want to illustrate in this way. The message and the prayer is the vertical dimension. That's the supernatural dimension. The supernatural dimension has to do with things that we have um, been given by God. So that's the, the vertical one is the natural. So the message that we have is not man's message. That's the divine message from God. And remember uh, that this has been given through the Lord Jesus Christ, through the prophets of old, revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then at the bottom of that vertical one is prayer. Remember that we have a God. God answers prayer. God who answers prayer. The other aspect of our witness is we cannot go out and proclaim um, uh, uh, without the help of God. Of course, you can do it without human wisdom, but you'll be missing a very important dimension of what uh, it means uh, to proclaim our spiritual message. So in prayer, we call upon God to help us. The power of prayer is so important because we cannot rely on ourselves. We need to rely on His strength. And of course, there is the horizontal one, which is our conduct and our speech. Um, and that is the natural outworking of the work of God through us. So we need in our witnessing to get this vertical right. The vertical is the most important and then once we get that right then it works out in the horizontal, in our conduct, in our speech. Just to end, I would like to uh, us to watch this video uh, interview which uh, uh, was um, was done last week um, and it was um, uh, played out um, to the church um, by Pastor Sandy. He was giving the same message 
a much better message, by the way. And if you do have time, just go to our website and, and click onto it, and you can have a different perspective of this today's message, but from a, a different uh, standpoint. So let's listen to uh, what um, this video has to say. So this is an interview with one of our church members on evangelism. Her name is Lacey Locke. Auntie Lacey Locke, who is here to share about her experience in proclaiming Jesus. Uh, Auntie Lacey, would you like to quickly introduce yourself? My name is Lacey Locke. I become I come to worship the church 2003, and I'm a member of Cross Culture Church of Christ. To let you know how I become a Christian is when I was doing my nursing training, I faced a lot of trials and difficulties, and we met a couple called Mr. and Mrs. Kuna, and they will open their house to all the overseas students. And many a times, uh, he will be showing us such great example. He's got a den that he pray every morning for all the overseas students. And so likewise, I learned his example and follow him, how to pray for people and how to evangelize in my life. Well, thanks so, so much for that, Auntie Lacey. So um, how do you find opportunities to talk about Jesus with people? Many a times, the people will have problems and dilemma and they have crisis. They can't resolve their problems. And normally, people will come up to me and uh, knowing that I'm a mental health psychiatric nurse and they will come and talk to me. And I have lots of opportunity sharing the gospel uh, evangelism is spiritual warfare and God give me the courage, the boldness from my heart to see their needs as I have been before. In church, I'm in the welcoming team. I look out for newcomers, whether they're Christian or non-Christian and wherever I have an opportunity on the train, uh, airport, anywhere, wherever there is, the prompting of Holy Spirit will lead me to share the good news of Jesus with them. Oh, that's great, Auntie Lacey. Seems like you do meet with a lot of uh, people. Um, but how do you know when someone is ready to hear about Jesus? I know when they are ready, when they can't solve their problems and their crisis is so huge and no one else can help them, only God can help them. In that, I take the opportunity to say to them, do you mind if I pray for you? So far, no one has rejected it and they say yes so i take the opportunity to pray for them god is so good all the time that he will prompt me by the holy spirit to share when i know they are ready so auntie lacy how do you prepare yourself every morning i wake up and read the bible and i pray and later on william and i will pray together and do our devotions and he will bless me and to go out to evangelize with the people that uh, I meet during the day. And I've got many prayer partners as well. I'm very thankful for uh, Cross Culture Church of Christ having live groups. And uh, I have other prayer partners too that pray specifically for my evangelism. So thanks for that, uh, Hattie Lacey. But of course, when you share the good news with others, not all of them will respond positively. So uh, what do you do when they don't respond to you uh, positively? I will leave the matter to God to deal with it and I will continue to befriend them and I won't mention anything about God 
but I let them know that if they got any problems, they can always come to approach me and I'll leave it for the Holy Spirit to do the rest. Oh, thanks so much, Auntie Lacey, for your willingness to share. Um, is there other thing that you would like to share with us? There are three words in the Bible that changed my life. And that is in Colossians chapter 4, 2 to 6. Be prayerful and pray daily and be watchful and alert of the sins that we commit. We have a very loving father who forgive our sins if we ask him to forgive us. So we have to forgive others as well. Mm. And third one is be thankful. In whatever circumstances, good or bad, we have to be compassionate and understand the situation and always give thanks to God in all circumstances. Oh, thanks so much, Auntie Lacey. So may God bless you as you proclaim Jesus to people around you. Okay. Hope you found that uh, testimony from our sister Lacey Locke. A great encouragement and how God is using her. Uh, we are not all like Lacey, but God is using us in his own way to reach out to the people that come into our midst. So also remember that how important it is to rely on prayer and not our own uh, human efforts to do this. Um, always mindful that we need to have our spiritual, uh, your, your spiritual and supernatural dimension right. So let us continue to proclaim Jesus. So to us this morning, don't let opportunities slip away. Um, use them as uh, Colossians uh, 4 says, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. So this Mother's Day, invite someone and share your testimony to your, to your home or for coffee. Uh, talk to someone about um, um, what a difference Christ has made to your life and show an interest uh, to people around you in the community and help them uh, to come uh, into contact with Jesus by just speaking out uh, about Jesus, what he's done in your life. Go and have coffee, invite them for dinner, uh, but don't leave them hanging. Ask compelling questions and always be ready to have an answer for them. And we need to pray to God to work in us. So may the Holy Spirit empower us and give us the right words to say. So let me end with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for your wonderful words of life that brings us hope, peace and salvation to the world. May we continue to speak for you in a clear, considerate and compelling manner. Help us to go and proclaim your good news to a lost and dying world. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and bolden us with your power and equip us with your word. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.